This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. Time and again, the world bears witness to truths seldom said. Lend an ear. We promise enlightened, informed conversation. My name is Robert, and this is Seldom Said, the place where conversation matters. Welcome back. The program is called Seldom Said. It's the place where conversation matters. We have an exceedingly special guest today, Mr. Henry Realbird. Henry is the poet laureate of Montana, a cowboy poet, a cowboy himself, and a descendant of a great people, the Crow Nation. Henry, welcome to Seldom Said. It's so nice to have you. Have you been on the radio before? Oh, I've been on the radio before. I used to do Poets on the uh, Poets Corner on KGHL a long time ago. Huh. And then, you know, uh, I've been around here. I wonder if you could start with a little bit of personal background, who you are, where you've been, oh, what's okay. brought yeah. you to this point. Yeah, okay. Well, my name's uh, Henry Realbird. That's my English name. And then my name... Uh, Indian name is Baji Wajetish. That's a name, uh, when he translates that into English, that's a uh, uh, timber leader. And so my grandfather, his name was Ishtarushtu, eyes taken out. And he's in a dream, he heard uh, the village caller, the end lodge speaker, say that now we are going to sing a uh, timber leader song. And so he told my grandmother, Honor Stays in Water, to name one of the boys Baji with Jake Tish. And that was me back in uh, 1948, July 24, 26, somewhere around there when they took me back to the little house over on the greasy grass at Mud, uh, Mud Mouth Crossing over on uh, the uh, a, a tributary of the Little Bighorn. Yeah. And, and uh, those are kicked in the Billy Band, and that's where that those are the ones that uh, first brought the horse that we have now from a dream. And so one uh, the the party that brought the horses the, touched the uh, studs uh, testicles, and he got kicked in the belly. And then the uh, that band of of Crow Indians that uh, settled at the mouth. Uh, uh, on the little bighorn and up the uh, greasy grass. And that's, what, that's who I am. Plus I, oh, I, uh, gr- I was raised by my grandfather, uh, Mark Realbird and Florence Medicine Tail Realbird. And, and uh, went to school over at Crow Agency, Montana, just like anybody else. Uh, they used to wring my neck and wash my mouth with soap because I, I uh, spoke Crow Indian. And, uh, and then later on, when I come back and, uh, oh, I, I, I was 10 years old and me, I just wanted to be a school teacher and, and uh, to be a cowboy. And that's all there was to it. And that's all I've ever done with my life. We're the only ones that have a ranch over on the east end of the Crow Indian reservation, 2.3 million acres. And, uh, uh, the only Crow Indians on the east end of the reservation out of 13,000 Crow Indians were the only ones, yeah. And so that's how uh, uh, stubborn we are, I guess, yeah. Stubborn to uh, not accept uh, the, the welfare uh, 
the welfare payments and welfare payments. I mean, those are the farmer subsidy programs too, you know, but uh, we're, we're, we're just, I tell my boy that we're just as tough as, uh, as you can be, because that's how we are. We, we can ride a horse and not warm him up and spur him in the belly and let him buck and see what he is. And, and uh, that's how uh, life is for us. And that's, uh, and then I, I just taught and then uh, somewhere uh, in the hospital, I saw some poetry. I've seen poetry before in school, grade school and high school and stuff like that. And then I started thinking and then uh, sort of left the physical world in 1974 after I quit, uh, I wanted to quit writing bucking horses there, but I wrote so many uh I, I uh, it took me so long to to master the deal of riding bucking horses. So then I just uh, sort of started thinking from then on. But uh, yeah, so so that's who I am. I'm uh, my wife is a Crow Indian, and uh, uh, my kids are Crows. And I, uh, back in '68, we had uh, eighty-two thousand and two. The language was going out, and now there's only about uh, two percent of the Indian students, Crow Indian students, speak Crow Indian. And so, I was trying to save the language and got into uh, a language program in '74, Summer Institute of Linguistics over in Albuquerque, University of Albuquerque. That's gone now, but uh, then it was so hard that I settled for just the family. And so my, my kids all speak Crow Indian. My grandkids, they don't even speak a word of Crow and it's just a, a bunch of crap that way. But uh, that's what happened to, to we're just going to lose the language uh, some beautiful thoughts, some beautiful sounds that God gave, gave us that Happy. represents thought. Sound. You, what you just said, beautiful thoughts, beautiful sounds. I, lis I listened to one of your readings, Driftwood Feeling. Driftwood Feeling? It is lovely. Can you give us an example of the crow feeling about the land, about the spirit? Oh, okay. Can you give me an example of these beautiful thoughts? Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a food gatherer. My heart beats one with my mother earth. I can hear the buffalo hoofs thunder and roar as they shoot out of the horizon. My heart beats one with the mother with my mother earth as the buffalo hoofs tremble like that something like that yeah or else uh you can you can uh the uh how the feeling of mother earth the spirit of mother earth emerges in the rays in the first rays of the of the sunlight like that and so these are things that uh, I've experienced to work on that one, where every breath is blessed, like that. And then 
to be able to uh, sing songs and and use the smudge and smudge and 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 think that way and then to to pray of life yeah like that and so then that's where uh my work is just like that yeah all right if someone is listening and they're european they're white and they use the term god they'll say the western man the european man will say god is above everything what do you use in place yeah, well, of well, the well, idea the same thing we have the same thing there's really no distinction of where where the prayer goes whether you're you're in church or uh in a cathedral or synagogue or sweat lodge or uh in a uh teepee in a in a teepee but uh, we we say akbaratya the maker of all things akbaratya the maker of all things and and uh uh that uh, uh the light-eyed person above that my grandmother would say that about uh the baptists that was their style of uh, uh and 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 then uh my grandpa and them they would say he who first did everything and so those are in 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 croindian uh the, the first maker like that but uh i i use all of those terms and, and god and, and uh creator and everything else and and sometimes i just use uh maker and and everything but to in in, in somewhere in, in the work each individual work uh i i have to be uh consistent and so that's what i think of sometimes you know yeah how did you, how did you develop your style henry when I listen to Driftwood Feeling, you almost speak as quickly as a drumbeat. Yeah. How did, no. how did you develop your style? No, that, that, that was, uh, uh, when, when you put it together, you think of it and then to, to be able to, uh, to blast the audience with thoughts, like, the sun rays just or a gunfighter just going like that like i am the feeling of morning after i'm the feeling morning after yesterday just before the sun a little beyond nothing on this side of everything dreaming of a feeling in a dream and then and then uh i mean I, uh we're we're we're, we're not in the oh uh in the primer uh caveman were into thought blessed thought and some work some work uh come from dreams and then i just i just uh have to uh put them into in in weave that into the fabric of the work yeah like that yeah so it's, it's and, and and it's easy uh uh as far as uh as far as wondering where to put things it's it's uh put in place already here yeah. from maybe from a dream or or you think of it and, and then you you find it yeah yeah i noticed that on occasion Native people will bring on a dream. 
Why are dreams so important to the Crow tribe? Oh, the dreams are, are, are important because it was the, the dream of, that's what we follow. We follow a dream of the corn, of a of, of, uh, sacred plant of the tobacco and the ones that stayed behind on the big river on the Missouri or the Kadatsa. And so those people uh, stayed home and, became, and, and, and continued farming on the, on the river. And we, we walked up here uh, with the wolf carrying our load and then finally finding the sacred plant of the tobacco after uh, 16 generations. And then in, in between there, be, to be able to operate the buffalo jump and then to put the dreams uh, are, are, are the most important uh, part of, uh, of our lives as, as, a Crow, as a Crow Indian or a Native American. And, and, and that who, the ones who have had dreams are respected and honored among the tribe. And that's, that's, that's what they tell you when you're young. And that's what uh, you believe. You believe, they teach you to believe from the beginning and you know, you don't know any other way. Just like my grandpa, when, when I was young, took me over to a puddle over there on, on, uh, the, uh, on the west, west bank of the Little Bighorn and uh, in, in a puddle to look in the puddle and, the, and then told me to look in there and I looked in there and, and I couldn't see nothing and said, look again, there's something in there. And so there was something in there, a horsehair snake hair hair snake uh, uh, a piece of horse hair coming to life and 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 he said that uh the, the okay what happened here uh time's up or what no that's just the end of the first part we're okay. going to take a little station break this is okay. seldom said my name is robert This is Seldom Said with Robert Amato. Welcome back. The program is called Seldom Said, the place where conversation matters. Special guest today, Mr. Henry Realbird and his daughter, Lucy. Henry is the poet laureate of Montana. He'll be sharing his feelings with us. A beautiful writer, a man who puts his thoughts on paper and shares them with the world at large. Henry, I'd like to talk to you about the dance. About what? about the dance. Dancing is so important yeah. to Native people. Why? You sing and you dance when your heart is good. And that's what it is. And you, you celebrate the good fortune from a dance like if you go out and count coup and steal and, and steal uh, ten horses and bring them back, you give you they sing your song and you dance, and then you give away horses. The good fortune you spread around the people, and so that's how dance is. Uh, dance is to pray and help each other, but that's the core, the nucleus of 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 the dance. The war dance, the victory dance, and stuff like that. But then, anymore, we have uh, the powwow to where everything is commercialized and 
and we have dance contests and everything, and that's good. I like I like that. I mean, that's uh, social. Uh, uh, no, not acceptability. Yeah, acceptability. I mean, like this. What this is this dance? We're doing it for everybody, and, and me. I want everybody to dance, even the audience coming over and dancing and everything else. And I enjoy that. And, and I, they have beautiful voices. But a man was out there fasting and then he came back and uh, he didn't get nothing. And so he was walking through the timber. And then he heard the drum. He heard the sound. So the sound of the drum he went to. And this sacredness of that sound, they had a hollow log covered with rawhide, a, a magical drum. They hit it, and the songs came out, and they sang the songs. They sang the songs. And then he saw men dancing with their foreheads red, facial markings. And he said, take this to, you, to your people. The spirit being said, take this to your people and dance when, 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 when you're happy and, and, and uh, pray for each other. And then you, you, you give, give, give victory dance after after uh, a successful raid, you give out your you get, give away buffalo hides, horses, and 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 that's that's how our dance came about, and that's from there we can go to the dance over in Denver, March Powell, but yet down in the bottom. This is who this is who we are, but that's all right. We, uh, the core of the Crow Indian can can stay that way, yeah. And and then and then yet go out and and, and dance and, and be happy, yeah. Is it hard for your young people to be fully Crow Indian? There's so much pressure to be like the larger society. How do you keep? The Crow Indian culture no, we've, alive. We've lost, them. we've lost them, and uh -huh. our tobacco society is going out, and and uh, we're, we're we're losing them. They don't even nobody goes out and fast no more. Maybe there's still a few of us that that still go out and do these things, but we're losing them to to uh, to crank marijuana, whiskey, beer. Everything that synthetic high is what they're after, and here we, we this is what we have. We have this smudge that we can use to purify your soul, and the first rays of the sun that we can put upon upon you to protect you. We still have all these things, and and so that's what that's what I'm writing about right now. I'm I'm, I'm returning to uh I've returned to writing again. Uh, a piece that I have been working on since uh, 1975, somewhere around there, but uh, lost life. All of the things that 
the maker has given us to live upon this sacred mother earth on how I call them a, a sell out Crow Indians. Yeah, sell out Crow Indians. The old Fort Indian that became sell out Crow Indian and, and uh, how they've uh, brutalized and tear, tore, tore apart the Fort Laramie tree of 51 or 68. And then uh, how my grandfather and Plenty Koo and all the Robbie Eltel and all those people worked on section two to protect the Crow Indian on the reservation. These sell out crows ripped that too, plus the, uh, they, they sold the water. And, and so the, these sell out crows, they're still in charge. And the rest of us traditional Crow Indians were, were, were uh, it's like, uh, we, we, we can't get to them. And, 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 and society, the way, the way it is now, uh, they, they just come after us and tear us apart. And, and the Bureau of Indian Affairs is, is the one doing this. And, and so then you get uh, sellout Crow Indians working for the Bureau and then uh, lying and cheating and everything else. And it's just uh, self-serving politicians. I mean, this is what, 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 when, when we were on the trail of the Buffalo and after that, we took care of the people. The chief, the man that is good, was the last one to eat. But now, the, the man, the, our leader, the chairman, he's the one that uh, uh, rips the people off. And, and, and that's our society. This is what we have become. And that's, uh, I had that title, the title of the book that I was doing was uh, Many Ghosts in My Mind. The people who have taught me all of these things are now ghosts. My grandpa and my dad and, and uh, grandma and everybody, they're all ghosts now, but many ghosts in my mind. But somewhere down the line, I was thinking about uh, life lost. This is, this, is, this is happening right now, yeah. Okay. There are stories told of Crow being with Custer at the greasy grass at the little bighorn. Yeah. Crow Indians have fought for this country. Mm -hmm. Crow Indians died that afternoon. Why the compulsion to militarily serve? Crow Indians have always been at the front when it came to conflict. Okay. What is, what well, is the reason? Oh, okay. Yeah. The reason. Now, over on, uh, oh, prob uh, we, we greeted uh, Lewis and Clark over in Three Forks in about 1803, somewhere around there. And then that was the first, uh, the first sighting of a Crow Indian was in La Roque's journal in, in uh, 1769 at a Mandan camp on the, on the Missouri River and how, how the crows came in with many horses and many wolf dogs and, and elk tooth dresses and quill work and colored uh, 
colored wool shirt with uh, uh, elkhorn bows and beautiful uh, headdresses of, uh, of, uh, of eagle, black and white and whites and all these beautiful horses. These people came in and that was the first time that uh, a doc, first documentation of a Crow Indian. But then after that, as we, as we go along, after the treaties in Fort Laramie, then the people were, were coming in. They had uh, Oregon Trail and then the Bozeman Trail and stuff like that. And so uh, plenty cool in that time had the dream. And in the dream, as the sun was rising, some people came out in, 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 in wagons and, and uh, he was, he was over there. That was, that, that happened, but it went back to seeing a bunch of birds in, in trees. There were magpies, blue jays, hawks, raven, meadowlark, everybody, they were all there and they were all making a lot of noise. And then there was one tree, the little chickadee was on and the chickadee was standing there, sitting there looking around and a big gust of wind come by wiped out all those trees, except for the one that the little chickadee was on. The chickadee didn't make all that noise. That happened. And then the sun was rising. And as the spirit of Mother Earth came out in the first rays of the sun, out of the sun, sun emerged Okay, wait, I'm, 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 I'm confused on the, uh, okay, the, the, the birds go down and then out in the plains of the rolling, the rolling hills in the swing of the buffalo grass and the breeze, a sea of buffalo grass, there was a hole And the buffalo came from the horizon and went in a circle and disappeared in that hole in the ground. And out of that hole in the ground emerged the spotted buffalo, the longhorn. And as the sun was rising, spotted buffalo came pulling wagons, people with light colored eyes. And so the spirit being told plenty cool the buffalo are going to be gone. And you have to be like that chickadee. You have to look and learn from others' mistakes. That big wind that came by is representative of those people that came from that sun with light colored eyes. You have to be good to them and you have to live with them because if you get rid of, if you kill them and get rid of them, what you see, there'll be more and more coming. So you have to learn to live with them. And so that's how his dream was.
and that's how we how we lived. And then when when uh, we welcomed uh, Lewis and Clark, after that, 1826, we welcomed the mountain men. Jim Bridger was in our tobacco society, and and he danced with us, and and he lived with us, and then he moved on, on up into the mountains and stuff like that. But we he was with us, and we protected him. And then uh, we 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 go on, and 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 still thinking of that uh, of 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 that dream. Then uh, the military came in. And we, we work with them too, like that. And so that's how uh, we became uh, a scout for Custer, uh, picking up the Arikara scouts uh, at the mouth of the Little Bighorn. And that's where, that's, that was uh, uh, where the Crow Indians, uh, Curly and uh, Moxon and uh, Goes Ahead and, and uh, White Man Runs Him and all of them uh, picked up Custer and brought them up, uh, but they were in communication with uh, uh, a Rick Ra, uh, back back up uh, between uh, the 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 Yellowstone, the Elk River, and the Big Big River, uh, Missouri, and so so that's how that's how it was that we brought them in and delivered them to uh, to. Uh, to Sitting Bull and, and uh, the Cheyennes, yeah, like that, yeah. Many don't seem to know the story of the Rosebud. We're starting to hear okay, yeah. in Battle history, of the Rosebud. there was what? the Crow Indians at the Rosebud. Oh, yeah. They saved the cavalry. Otherwise, yeah. the Custer Massacre would have been far larger. Can mm -hmm. you describe what happened that day? They were okay. Now, how that was was uh, they done this uh, three prong attack where uh, Terry was coming in from the east, and Gibbon was coming in from the west, and Crook was coming in from the south. And how they wanted to push the Indians and and uh, kill the Indians once and for all and get rid of the Indian problem of the United States of America. And so that's that that's what uh, that's what was going on, but through the miscommunication, I mean, like you ride a horse about, uh, you can ride them a hundred miles or so in a day, but then that's it. And, and then you have to uh, get them, get them, uh, have them eat and rest and everything else. But uh, so then that's how uh, the communication was. And so they lost that communication and, and uh, get, uh, Crook came up looking for the Indians and, and 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 that when he was ten days early, ten days early, and he ran into him over at the head of the Rosebud. Rosebud is between the Little Bighorn and the Tongue River, and it's a tributary of uh, of the Yellowstone. And so then, he, that's where Crook found that Crook had uh, Crowenden scouts. And so then, uh, when when they when they uh, attacked. When they had the fight over on the on the on the head of the rosebud, now the the they were the Indians, the the Sioux, the Cheyennes, they were looking for Custer. That's who they wanted to kill for. For we always say making uh, uh, shish kebab uh, 
Indian babies, stabbing Indian babies with uh, swords and everything else over at the Battle of the Washita. And then, so then uh, they wanted to kill Custer for, for what he has done. And, and so, so then uh, that's who they were looking for. But when they couldn't find him in there, then they, 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 uh, they, they, they quit the fight. And so that's how, uh, that's how it was. Uh, the crow, the scouts had to fight, uh, like that, but that was nothing new. We've been doing this in, uh, intertribal warfare for ever since time began. Okay. Go for it. So we have the second station break. When we come back, I'd like to... How many station breaks you got? <laughs> Two. This is the second Two. one. This is the Two. last one. Now, this is the last segment. Yeah. All right. We'll get Lucy in here, too, Absolutely. because Lucy, Lucy uh, had... Uh, uh, I must I, break I, us off uh, though, first, though. So let me break off first, Henry, and then we'll come back. This is okay. Southern Set. My name is Robert. This is Seldom Said with Robert Amato. Welcome back. This is Seldom Said, the place where conversation matters. Special guest today, Poet Laureate of Montana, Henry Wilbird. Henry, before we have your daughter Lucy on, mm -hmm. when you talk about history, it's different than maybe many members of the audience talk about history. Many their members. Their history is from books. You remember from stories told. Oh, yeah. How will you pass those on to the young? Oh, so you see, that, that, this book that I'm doing, that itself how, and, 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 and uh, you can return to that life. You can return to that life because it's still there. I'm not kidding you. Horses can still sing, and there's still water being there, and, and dreams, just like uh, this is a, a, a real live one. I had a horse named Cowboy Port. Yeah, Cowboy Port. He was a bay and he was a running son of a gun, but they couldn't handle him in the beginning. That's how uh, we got him. But I get it. Uh, he would run so hard that he'd almost die and we'd barely get him back to the stall. And, and, and so put him, putting ice on him and ice packs and everything else. And, and so then I said, I prayed. I said, God, well, uh, help me. I, my my horse, I I I want him. My my grandpa. He would always say that the 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 the, the enemy was chasing this uh, Crow Indian boy warrior, and and so their their horses were tired, and and he was down on the bottom of the valley, and the enemy was on top of the ridge, and the Crow boy he took it took uh, something out of his pouch, and put it in his horse's mouth, and he jumped on there and took off. He was on a new horse, and the and the enemy warriors were still on their same horses, and and he he left them that they couldn't even f catch up with the dust, and so God, that plant is what I want. Give that to me. I want to use it on my on my bay, and so I that I I we were running over in Great Falls that time and. I came back home. My brother's the trainer. And so I, I, uh, a couple nights later, they showed me the plant in a dream and said, Hey, he not be 
The bay you want to run, let him run with this plant. And so this plant, and so me, I went up to the mountains over on the top of the, the highest point on our, close to our mountains here to the north end of the Bighorn Mountains is Sheep Mountain. I went up there and, and went without food and water for four, three days and three nights asking for permission to use this plant properly to where we don't hurt nobody. And so then I went back up uh, a place called Belt Mountain over on this side of Great Falls on that uh, Missouri River, Big River. And, and old man Kyle, he's the one that made the world for the Crow Indians. And so he said, if you ever want to see me, I will be at the Belt Mountains. And I've talked with him before on a few things. And so then that's what I used to ride bucking horses. And then that's what I used to save the, the, the college when the college crew, uh, Little Bighorn College was in trouble. I went over there and smoked and talked with uh, uh, old man Kyle. Anyway, I, I, uh, I put everything together, that plant and, and smudged and everything else. And by God, they couldn't catch him again. And, and so we, we have that plant. And so, and so in, the, in, in, in today's world, with all, of, with all of this going on, you can zero in on, 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 on the sacred, sacred pipe and, 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 and live that life. And, 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 and so it, it's still there. And so this is what I'm, 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 I'm uh, I hate the word preach, but this is what I'm advocating, I guess, to give back to the people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll put girl, uh, my girl on. Your dad is a great writer. I have been told that you are a great writer and so is your daughter. How did you learn to ride and how does it feel? Um, I think I work, um, I think I'm just, I'm just now starting to put myself out there, you know, like, um, just now trying to get my work out there. So I'm still working on it. You know, I don't have my own published work like my dad, you know, but that's what I'm working towards. What would you like to write about? I know you love to ride. I think I just want to support my dad in in his work too, you know, like what what we want our children to learn, know, you know, um, what we don't want them to lose. You know, I I teach school and I um and I I work with students in I use a lot of my dad's um, songs, the Gog and Kosh book. These, the, um, I still, I really try to bring his songs back to, to our children, you know, like, um, so the, his songs, like they sing doorway songs, honor songs. Right now we want to work on a clan song that he heard in a dream. So uh, we want to bring that song to, to our children. So I'm teaching the kids this song that he heard in a dream, you know? You teach at the reservation school. Yes, um, now, I, about 300 students, um, pre-K to um, fifth grade. 
When the young people graduate, they go into the largest school in town. Yes. Is there any difficulty in that change? Um. Yeah, I, I think for me, like both my parents were educators, so it was never an option not to go to school. I always had to go to school. So, but all around me, you know, they were like that, you know, I have, you know, there, there's so much, um, I guess I'm very fortunate to be, to come from where I come from, where education is important. And they showed me education is important. And I just see like, um, a lot of, even, um, uh, my classmates, just a few of us went on to get graduate degrees, you know, we, bachelor's degrees and so there's a few of us out there that have doctorates and you know and um went on to to um get more degrees and stuff you know but it's um I think a lot of them didn't have the background maybe you know the support system as maybe I did you know so I feel like I'm fortunate that I do have that support and encouragement and that helped there, me. There is talk of racism every day. There is no way to escape it. Usually it's not applied to Indian people. It's applied to different groups of people in cities and so forth. Do you encounter much prejudice yeah, I think it's um, with the strongest is around these border towns, you know, it's just really. Um, what is a border town? It's like the the town closest to the reservations, you know. I see. I mean, there there's like, um, for instance, I've lived in Fort Hall, Idaho, and that little town of where we lived had more cops there than Salt Lake City. And I mean, to keep us safe is good, but you know, it's like, so then like now um, we have Bighorn County, we got Sheriff, we got Crow Tribal Police, we got Bureau of Indian Affairs, you know, we got four different agencies, four different police, highway patrol, that's five, you know? I mean, the roads they're keeping safe, yes, but then we still have lots of um, crime, you know? Lots of, just like over the holidays, how many homes were broken into, you know? And like, we have all these police forces, but we're still not safe, you know? So like my parents can't even come and spend the night and enjoy getting up with us in the morning on Christmas morning because they have to go home. They don't, they fear that someone's going to come into their home and steal all their things, you know? So that's the bad part of it. You know, I think there's high unemployment, um, no jobs, you know, like for me, I, as a school teacher, um, I work for the biggest employer in the Bighorn County. 
So if you work in the school, you have a job. You don't have to deal with politics, you know, a new chairman coming in, firing everyone and starting all over again. You, you don't have to deal with that as a teacher, you know? It's security. Um, we have retirement, and, you know? And so the reservation, so that you can either be a teacher, you can work for BIA, or you can work for Indian Health Services, or those are kind of the three agencies that will provide stability, all those things you want, you know, in a career. And so our tribe needs to enforce policies that will, I guess, um, not allow chairmen to go in there and fire and hire whenever they want, when they get voted in or they get voted out, you know, that instability, um, that needs to change. How has COVID and the pandemic affected life on the reservation? Yeah, it's really, um, it's pretty scary. It's, it's just lots of elders, lots of knowledge, you know, like all these elders, just think like um, the two people who have, we have our tobacco society. There's two key people who knew the Psalms and were leaders within that society. They both died, you know? So with an elder that passes away, I feel like we lose that knowledge. We lose that, what, knowledge they had you know so I think that's why I support my dad and I pray for him that he's healthy and that um he has so much knowledge and you know like um I can't remember what book I read in graduate school it talks about having a smooth mind you know like an elder they're wise and having a smooth mind that's my dad and that's what I strive to to become a person with a smooth mind you know and so I think um we're I'm very blessed that they're healthy and they're still here and that um he still has lots of work to share with the world and with our children our grandchildren you know with our people if you were to speak to my audience and share with them what you feel is needed. How can people help? Um, I think there's different organizations where they can maybe um, um, support, you know, like there's GoFundMe's, um, different um, organizations within our community that provide um, food boxes. There's um, nonprofits like um, Plenty Doors, and they provide um, things for for our um, people who who during this pandemic, you know. So I guess supporting these types of nonprofits and organizations that are helping the people with in our community would help, you know. Every year on the Crow Reservation, you have what is called Crow Fair. 
It is the largest assemblage of native people in North America. Can you describe some of the details about it in case somebody is listening in the audience and says, when COVID is over, that's a trip I want to take. That's a vacation I want to take advantage of. Can you talk about Crow Fair? Yes, um, Crow Fair happens the third weekend of August. Um, it's the teepee capital of the world. You know, um, there's parades Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, they have powwows probably starting Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, rodeo, youth rodeo. They got bull riding, team roping. Um, oh, they have Indian Relay. Indian Relay is a good one. If you guys get on YouTube, look up Indian Relay. That's, oh, um, I think a lot of the crowds really like that. It's where they ride bareback. Oh, and then um, they have a fun fun run for runners, people who like to run. um, They have a teepee creeper special and they have powwow every night where you can, they have um, food stands and vendors for jewelry. And and then, so the dancing, you have um, fancy dancing, jingle dress, traditional, um, grass dance, traditional, fancy dancing for the men. They have um, hand drum specials, singing, singing, um, singing contests. And then at the, they still um, do doorway. Um, and if you want to come, there's um, a couple o'clock. small businesses that, um, provide um, teepees where you can camp, come and rent a teepee and camp, you know, so, or you can just bring your own tent and join, um, find a place to um, camp and, but you can look on it on YouTube, look at the videos. It's, um, it's beautiful. They come from all over, full regalia, beadwork, you know, horsemanship. Come the Third week in August. Third weekend of August. I hope to see you on the field. Yeah. Good. I have, to, I have to sign out now, but thank you, Lucy Wheelburn. Okay. Thank you. For sharing with us. This is Seldom Said. My name is Robert. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit wcwp.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.